We spent some time on the podcast a few months ago on the topic of how to query a stream. Well, recently I had a few more thoughts about that and I just wanted to get them out. So today you've got just me on the show sharing some thoughts on transactional versus analytical stream processing and whether that's a good lens to use to think about all of the options we've got in our world for how to process streaming data. Let's listen in to me as I talk through that. Hey folks, this is Tim Berglund, host of the Real-Time Analytics Podcast, and it's just me today in the studio. Uh, I want to talk about something that we've touched on before, but maybe add, I want to add a new wrinkle to it. A few months ago, I was doing a few episodes on how to query a stream, and I did kind of a, a wrap-up monologue discussion of all those options. There's a link in the show notes. If you haven't listened to that yet, I think it's worthwhile. There's some some good concepts that emerged in those interviews I'd been doing with folks that kind of lay out that landscape. Uh, but I kind of want to talk about it uh, or add a, add a wrinkle to that that I think is important. Because there's if, if you go back to the my beginning with real-time analytics, uh, I guess, you know, close to my beginning in January, 2021. Is that right? Yeah. January, 2021. So that's coming up on three years ago. As I record this podcast, um, there was a stealth startup company didn't have a name yet. Uh, they were just doing some advocacy around Apache Pino and, uh, they had reached out to me. I was working at Confluent at the time, working with Kafka and uh, if we can find a link, we'll put a link in the show notes to a recorded talk that Neha Pawar and I did back then. Uh, and that talk was about the Pinot Kafka integration. And uh, Neha is a great speaker and, and uh, expert in the technology. You know, she's a core member of the, the Pinot engineering team, member of the, the PMC. She's been a guest on this podcast. She's a good friend. Uh, and to be honest, I didn't pay close enough attention to the Pinot stuff going on then. I was just there to add my my little bit of Kafka uh, knowledge to the presentation. But there's this really core issue that was there at the time. Um, and that's that at the time, uh, you know, I'd spent some portion of my energy advocating for a technology called KSQL. That was the thing that Confluent had made. That was kind of their first take on a streaming database and their streaming SQL implementation. Now there's lots of them, lots of streaming SQLs. Uh, I've had uh, Hojat Jafarpur on the show to talk about Delta Stream. Uh, that's his company. That is kind of a, a next-gen streaming SQL. I'll have a link in the notes uh, to that. Uh, there's Materialize. Haven't had anybody from Materialize on the show yet. Need to remedy that. These are like players in this space. And Flink, we've talked about Flink a lot. We'll talk about Flink more. Flink is a streaming SQL, but these are different. And at the time, back, you know, three years ago in that cold uh, January 2021, uh, I, I was kind of thinking, all right, Pino is this database that does real-time analytics and KSQL does real-time analytics, right? I mean, you could do the same kinds of things. Where are the boundaries? It wasn't clear to me at the time. Um, but I thought, okay, this is definitely complementary technology. Uh, Neha seems nice. Didn't really know her then. Turns out she actually is nice. Uh, let's just go ahead and do some talks, right? That's cool. Um, I think there is, there's a difference that's akin to the difference between transactional and analytic databases. Let me try 
and make this analogy. Just stick with me for a few minutes. Uh, it'll probably be a slightly short episode, but I, I, I want to I wanna try to describe this, and I would love to hear from you to see if you think this has legs. So, uh, first of all, with a conventional streaming sequel in which you can create materialized views. Okay, so that would be uh, materialized, obviously, Delta Stream, K-SQL. Uh, this would not apply to Flink. You can't make materialized views that way in Flink that are that are queryable. Um, but in, in those systems that, that can make these queryable materialized views, uh, let's, we'll just stick with K-SQL because it's the one I know the best. Um, I can compute an aggregate over a time window. Uh, I can group by something. And that's, that's, I can, you can do that in Kafka streams. You can do it in KSQL, right? Those are just things. And those are fundamentally analytic things. Uh, they're always going to be limited by, by some kind of time window, typically, right? I, I say always, but pretty much always. Um, and the calculation you're doing is over many messages. And I'm sitting here holding my hands far apart. If you're just listening to the audio version, just imagine me holding my hands far apart. So yeah, you're you're interested in this this collection of many events over a time window and running some reducing function over some metric in the events in that window. Uh, that's fundamentally an analytic computation. Um, there's this other thing that you do with a streaming SQL though, which is when you have uh, an, an event stream that's that's not a stream of pure events that you're aggregating over but a change log, right? Where you've got, uh, say, a Kafka topic where you're producing copies of some evolving entity into that topic. Um, I always use, uh, you know, something like a user profile or something. That's, that's not particularly real-timey, but uh, orders would be another one. An order is an entity uh, that exists. It's a thing, and it changes state. You can potentially add items to it. It can change state like, you know, pending, uh, placed, picking, being cooked, being delivered, completed, whatever, you know, the kind of thing is. Uh, at, very, at very least, the state of an order can change. So when you've got a topic that, or an event stream that is uh, those those actual events, uh, or not events, but those those materialized, serialized copies of, of that entity, and you're ingesting them, uh, this was another kind of early streaming use case, thing you could do with Kafka streams, thing you could do with KSQL, because maybe you don't so much care about the whole history of that entity, but you just care about the most recent one, uh, the most recent version. Now in Kafka, uh, as an implementation detail, um, you can make that a compacted topic. And so over time, it's not going to keep all the old versions of that um, of, of those orders around. You just care about the most recent one. But what if you want to go somewhere and look up by a single key, like an order ID, the current state of the world? All right. Classical early Kafka streams K table thing or K SQL table application where you're just materializing the current state. And as you ingest new copies of that entity, you just replace in this in memory key value store, you replace the old version of that entity and, and you've got the new one because that's all you care about. And now you've got some quick place to go look up um, the state of the order, the state of the account, the, the, the whatever it is, the current state of the mutable entity. Uh, so that is this thing that comes up. And 
with some of the recent discussion we've been having here about Flink and just, I think, the increasing presence and importance of Flink in the stream processing uh, marketplace, marketplace generally construed, um, that's an important distinction because that's not a thing Flink does, right? Flink will take messages in and do computation on them and put them into some, some streaming sync. Read a topic, do your compute, put stuff into a new topic. But that ability to look up the current state of the entity is a thing. And what occurred to me is, you know, that's using these same streaming analytics technologies like We'll just go with Kafka Streams, KSQL, again, to keep it simple and focused on the things I personally know more about. Um, that's using these things that present themselves as real-time analytics tools. But that operation in itself isn't really all that analytics-y a thing to do. Uh, and so what I said before is making this distinction between a transactional database and an analytic database. That's kind of like what you do with a transactional database. In fact, you can do that very thing with a transactional database. You can solve that problem rather than solving it with a Kafka Streams K table. You could take Kafka Connect and a Postgres instance and just sort of consume those messages into a Postgres table and query it any way you'd like. Build all the indexes you please on that thing. And, and you've got this now ability to look up the current state of the entity. Um, now, that, and, and by the way, that, set of tools, that that little stack there, Kafka Connect and Postgres, that's a real world thing. It's not going to be hard to find people who do that and are satisfied with the, the performance and latency and everything they have there. Uh, it's not as real timey as maybe doing it with something like Kafka Streams, right? Because you're going to have the latency of Kafka Connect. You've got the extra infrastructure. You've got this database that maybe you weren't going to stand up. It, it just depends on how you're going to do things, right? But that's literally implementable with a transactional database. And that's kind of the, the, the quote unquote transactional way of doing stream processing. And then it's, it's an important part of the puzzle, right? That's a thing that you need to do. Sometimes you need to be able to look up the current state of an entity. Um, and so I'm talking about it first, but in no way am I talking about it first because you know, it's some foil and I want to set it aside till we get to the real stuff. That's the real-time analytics database. You know, I don't, I don't mean that at all. This is this thing. And I'm proposing that we think about that as, you know, the, the, the transactional end of, uh, of stream processing when I just need to know what the current state of a thing is right now. Um, I don't want to rehash all of the distinctions between why you might use Kafka Streams or Flink or, or Pino or any of those things. I've got that previous episode linked for you where I feel like I went through those things. Um, and I, I, there's no need to redo that. If you haven't listened to it, I, maybe this is a little self-aggrandizing. Listen to it. I, I, think, I think it's a helpful little, little schema where we, uh, we kind of go through those options. But if you're not looking up the current state of a thing, then you are... Um, more likely aggregating over some group of things, right? Uh, and that can be a five-minute time window in recent history of messages in a topic, or that can be over a day, a week, a month. It could be some you know, larger set of data. And you start to get into the things 
that OLAP databases do. You just you just kind of begin to land in OLAP database world, and you need to look at things now like, well, how am I filtering? What kind of indexes are going to be interesting? Uh, how much data can it can it take? What what's query latency going to be like for my kinds of queries and my, and my data set? You know all the the normal suspects, and you you get in then to the uh, can I reasonably do this with a streaming SQL and or a Kafka streams topology or something like that? Can I can I build the functionality I need to build in there, or do now do I really need? a new terminal place for my data, like Pino, ingesting from that topic and giving me indexing options like I've got. So uh, I just I just want to introduce that idea of thinking about certain kinds of stream processing, even though they they show up in the world of, of real-time analytics as being a little bit kind of like what we do with a transactional database. I didn't see that distinction when I was giving those first talks three years ago with Neha about Pino and uh, Kafka, and I see them now, and that helps a little bit because there are certain kinds of KSQL use cases that are just absolutely all the way over there in that transactional world, uh, and I would have thought, okay, there's there's just no overlap there. That's not a thing that you do with Pino because fetching whole entities out of an OLAP database. It can be done. There are people who do it, but that's generally not the most performant thing you do, right? You want to do that with, with some other kind of technology. Uh, but aggregating over large collections of data, aggregating a single metric over large collections of data, well, that is more like what you do with an OLAP database. And that might push you in the direction of a thing like Pino or you know any of the other the technologies that inhabit the proper real-time analytics database space. And uh, I'll give you a link to one of the recent episodes on upserts, uh, probably something we'll talk about again, just because it's a pretty interesting thing that Pino in particular does. And it comes up, this, this, this just kind of raises its head, because I'm making this distinction between, on the transactional end of things, do I just want to know what the current state of an entity is? An entity that's, that's in my, my streaming world, that's, you know, has uh, updates being produced to some Kafka topic that are versions of this evolving entity, uh, or am I aggregating over true events and, and measurements in, in true events? As I make that distinction, as entities enter the chat, uh, often the, the analytics world, the real-time analytics world, kind of wants to step away if they're evolving entities, because that means, like in the case of this order, I have a thing that is changing frequently. Uh, that means I write it to the database once and I'm going to have to rewrite it. That means upserts, right? So uh, link to that upserts episode. That as a, a category and as a, a feature in a database just pops its head up and kind of looks like an important thing we might want to think about when we think about this distinction between events and entities and the, the, the kind of transactional hat that a real-time analytics technology might put on versus the properly analytics hat. That just helps... It's another little framing that helps you, you know, categorize and a little piece of metadata to help divide up the world of all the technologies we talk about on this podcast. There are a lot of them. Um, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. I know I've said it um, at conference venues. We are in a, a time in history as software developers and architects that a lot of things are up for grabs. Back in the days of the monolith, which are not so long ago, they're within the career span of probably a lot of you listening to this podcast. Um, that was the normal way to do things. 
you just knew how to do it, right? You had your opinions, you had your language you liked, you had your web framework that was your fave and, um, you know, your way of doing things on the front end, which, you know, until not too recently was generally pretty bad. <laughs> you had your favorite transactional database. It's just your stack. You had a stack and, and those, those bins, like those were the variables. You pick those things and, and that determined what your stack was. It was just known. You just knew how to build stuff. Well, in this new streaming and new event-driven world and, and microservice world, it's not like that. Um, we we kind of don't know what all the pieces in the stack are anymore. Uh, and there's a lot of just unoccupied territory that's up for grabs. And uh, the technologies we talk about on this podcast are some of the things that are collectively this community trying to explore that space and figure out what is useful, what actually is there, what are developers trying to do in this layer of the stack, and what's the right tool to go there. Um, and that's part of what I'm here on this podcast to explore and help you explore is the the great uncharted waters of application development now in uh, this new world we live in. And I think the questions we're answering now are answers that are going to stick around for another generation. So it's important work. And I appreciate you thinking through this with me. There are the rather more transactional mode of uh, stream processors and the rather more analytic mode uh, that they can have. And hope that extra little piece of category is helpful. And until next time, I'm your host, Tim Berglund. Looking forward to talking to you next week. Thanks. And there you have it. If you feel compelled to help us spread the word and grow the real-time analytics community, you can give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever fine podcasts are sold. If you're watching us on YouTube, hey, subscribe and, of course, hit that notification bell. And you can always share your favorite episodes on LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever it is you do social media. Thanks, and I look forward to talking to you in the next episode.